Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. It is Wednesday, March 17th, 2021, and we've got episode 64 ready to rock for you, March Madness. I don't know what else it would be titled. Here we are. March has come. Excited to be doing it with the best in the biz. Want to introduce some of the minds that are in the stew tonight, coming to us live, hopefully soon, from a brand new home. Dr. Wells, how we doing? The, the home search is tough to grind these days. And uh, I'd also like to say, happy St. Patrick's Day. Let's not Dude, forget. Dude, I totally March forgot 17th. that that was today. It's hard to remember when it's in the middle of the week like this. But, when you're not, uh, when you're not Brent, in college. Are you, Brent, are you wearing <laughs> green? Uh, no, I also did not know that it was St. Patty's Day until uh, early in the morning at work. Well, well Brent, live from uh, Nashville. Happy St. Patrick's Day, my friend. Happy St. Patty's Day. Uh, I've never been a um, big big party guy, as you know, more of a stoner guy. Uh, so St. Patty's nice. Day is pretty overrated, in my opinion. Um, but unless, zone, unless, it's obviously unless a huge party day leprechaun. for everyone else. Unless you're catching yes. leprechaun. Correct, correct. That, uh, with Charlie Day, that's a pastime of mine, catching lap- leprechaun. Yeah. So. yeah, actually, the only reason that I knew it was St. Patrick's Day is because I saw a video that Complex posted <laughs> on Instagram of a midget in a leprechaun outfit running through the subways of New York being chased by people. <laughs> um, yeah, I did not know it. I agree with Tom, obviously, when it's in the middle of the week. Um, and also, when you've been in pandemic season for a year, uh, or how about when out, you're just a working human being? <laughs> yeah, that too. A fully functioning adult. That's what I meant to say. It was a weird way to say fully functioning adult. Yeah, well, it's, for it's all weird, of you adults though. out there, strap in. We're kicking it off. Second down and seven. Mahomes, Watkins, what a throw! Now you like it is. You're blessed. You're blessed that I chose you. You're blessed that I chose to whoop your ass next. Greatest comebacks in Masters history. One of the greatest comebacks in sports history. Excited to be here. We always like to kick it off with some banner. As promised, per last week, we're actually out one, that being Harry Douglas, in one, that being Shakes. Shakes, you weren't made aware of it, but we dropped a new segment last week, the name game. We went around to see who can name the most serials. The first person to blank loses. Last person standing wins. Still haven't decided... uh, what the prize is yet, but it might just be for, you know, bragging rights, which is pretty good amongst this group. So I figured this week we could do states really, really just ramp it up and see, uh, either how fried or how stupid we really are. I am a okay. sound mind right now. So I like, do we go odds. at the same time? No, 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 no. I'll start us off and then Tom will kick us off and then you go. And, uh, if you go, let's say, you pause longer than I said three seconds last week. You're out. No, hold on. Time out. One time time out. out. Not to flex, but I can straight up, straight up name 50 states right now. So let's do right. something like car right. brands. If, if you're sitting there, something that and, I and can't name 50 that of. time. But when you're you, in rotation, do you, still on have spot, the, do you still have the map of the United States on your wall? <laughs> uh, oh, I'm not oh, looking it's a global at it for map. what it's worth. For what it's worth. Yeah, it All is right, a globe also. Because you weren't here last week, you can pick the topic. Um, we did cereals last week. I said we might even do presidents the following, but I don't know if I'm ready for that. Three you seconds. Know what? Fuck it. Let's, let's go states. Let's do states. All Who right. All right. Run it. I'll kick us off with New York. Tom, you've already lost. Oh, I'm, I'm not going <laughs> Tennessee. Delaware. Maine. Florida. California. New Hampshire. Georgia. Washington. Vermont. South Carolina. No, no. Rhode Island. Alabama. Utah. Connecticut. Mississippi. Colorado. Virginia. Arkansas. Wyoming. Louisiana. North Carolina. Idaho. South Carolina. Texas. I already said South Carolina. Tom's out. Oh, Tom's out. Um, I wasn't even uh, paying attention to what Kentucky. you were saying. All right, fuck. I said Texas. You're up. Kentucky. 
Nebraska. Iowa. Oklahoma. Missouri. South Dakota. Minnesota. North Dakota. Wisconsin. Illinois. Connecticut. Connecticut. Yeah, you're out. Let's go. Fuck. All right. right. We got We're gonna have to come up with something that doesn't have 50 options because if I'm if I was listening to this podcast right now in my car, I would have driven into oncoming traffic. (laughs) For the birds. I mean, Uh, but it's it's good and hard. Gives insight to whom we are as people. You know, fun, sort of edumacated, and you know what. I think we did a little bit better than I thought we were going to do. To be, I, I just called my shot right there. Just want yeah. everyone to know that. That's, that's on, true. On, uh, on an unrelated Game note, houses. Shakes, did did you get a haircut today? Recently? I did, yeah. Uh, yesterday, actually. Very short. I just got, my, I just got mine done today, too. Got to spruce yeah, up super spring. Short. Two days yep. from spring, too. So uh, mark that on your calendar. I'm a week you out. You know it's about that time. But we yeah, all, we all just got, got some, lettuce, some lettuce. lettuce chopped down. Um, all right. Well, the next thing that I wanted to bring up with you guys, cause I thought it was absolutely laughable and I've always wanted to, uh, find myself in between the hardcover of the Guinness world record book. And I think it is very easily done seeing as the world record for fastest time drinking a Capri sun is 16.65 seconds. Previous record was 18 seconds. I remember putting those bad Jacksons down as a kid in 30 milliseconds. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you seconds. can't drink a Capri Sun in 10 seconds or less, then fuck you. How is 16 seconds the record? <laughs> I don't know. What? Should we just Maybe. set a world record? That's what I'm saying. Do it for end of regulation. It would be great PR. We won't do it as individuals. We'll just do it as a, as a unit. <laughs> <laughs> I like that idea. I, uh, I was thinking about this and when I was younger, I don't, I don't know if you guys remember, but the Guinness Book of World Records, there was one that, it might have been like 2004, it had like a purpley, blue, like metallic looking hardcover. Oh, they were all nutty, but yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I couldn't tell you what the record was or what it was about, but on page like 47, there was this beautiful, beautiful woman in a very skimpy bikini, and I think she was my first love, probably... Nine, ten years old. That's when I realized I like girls. Reading the Guinness Book Tom, of World Records. Tom's mom's like, "Why are you bringing that to the bathroom so often?" <laughs> <laughs> it's good reading. Great reading. I'm reading it here, ma. Yeah, if we if we actually do this thing right, um, we could each just gently break the previous world record so that we could all say at some time we set a world record at something. Right. You know. I'll drink one in 14 seconds, Tom drinks one in 13 seconds, so on and so forth. Or we can all put our lips on one straw. <laughs> Shut three, up. <laughs> three dudes, one straw. I like it. You like no, that, would you? That's a good idea, though. It, uh, it's, it's along the lines of, at some point in time, it, at some point in time, we were all the youngest person in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. All right, let's, uh, let's move on to some more serious stuff here. I know that we wanted to discuss some of the stuff that happened in free agency in the NFL. It's uh, been a whirlwind of a week, so to say. And I think the uh, first topic to kick off with has to be the Patriots. And the reason being is within the first day, they spent upwards of $300 million to build just an absolute freak show of a lineup of free agents. And... The likes of those names are Nelson Aguilar, Jonu Smith, Jalen Mills, Kendrick Bourne, Hunter Henry. I mean, the list continues with defensive tackles. Uh, They had some additional safeties that were added. I mean, it's out of control. I think all in all, they've added 10, maybe 12 people just in the first day through free agents. And uh, I know Tom has some thoughts on what they're going to do with that in order to help... uh, give themselves a leg up in this upcoming season. So why don't you take that away, Tom? I'd also like to add that we just minutes ago brought back Kyle Van Noy, linebacker, edge guy, uh, who had been with us for three or four years before leaving. I think he went to Miami. I can't remember. But just another cog to this defense. Uh, I am so excited for this Patriots defense. We're bringing back a bunch of guys that were just out last year because of COVID. We've been down that road before. The question is, what is the move at quarterback? 
because, you know, John U. Smith, Hunter Henry, great names, premier tight ends at their positions. But, I mean, they're going to be fielding ground balls from Cam Newton. The dude can't throw a pass more than 10 yards. And so I am of the belief that the Patriots are going to make a move on draft night, whether that be trading up to sign or draft, uh, you know, a premier name. Uh, in an absolute pipe dream scenario, my bold, never-going-to-happen prediction is that the Patriots are going to trade Stephon Gilmore, the number 15 overall pick, and however other many picks to, in the years to come to the Jacksonville Jaguars for the number one pick, and we are going to sign Trevor Lawrence. The Jaguars and Urban Meyer are then going to take all of those picks and deal them to Houston for Deshaun Watson. And Deshaun Watson is obviously going to you know, demand a king's ransom. We'll finally end up caving just to get the fuck out of Houston and their rebuild. Houston will be left with tons of picks to, quote-unquote, start their rebuild. Jacksonville lands Deshaun Watson. Patriots draft Lawrence. And all is well in the world. So how does how does this throw a wrench in that operation if there are current talks about the Jags using Gardner Minshew as a leveraging a device. Chip? Uh, not, well, that, Gardner, not that he Gardner has, Minshew fucking stinks. So I, I understand. I, I understand that, but there's a couple of teams that are you know needing a backup quarterback, maybe even a a first string quarterback, even though he sat all of last season. You but at the end, keep, well, so I don't know who are you talking about. Like who's gonna. Who, well, I'm, I'm who saying if Jacksonville Gardner picks up a quarterback Minshew? and yeah. they're using that and Minshew as leverage, how does your leverage against come, who? How do your Patriots come into play? Is my question. Jacksonville is in the middle of a defensive rebuild. If you've been paying attention to what Urban Meyer is doing there, he's defense first and. Stephon Gilmore is a premier defensive back, defensive player of the year two years ago, and he has a massive contract. That's sort of the the issue with New England. And now, if you guys noticed, there was also a report that came out today that a lawsuit has been filed against Deshaun Watson by two masseuses. And so option C is Deshaun Watson and Robert Kraft have been having little back back alley <laughs> discussions in these massage rooms, and Deshaun is coming to New England. I don't that know how that works. That sounds a lot more likely. But the writing's on the wall as far as I'm concerned. I mean, look, they'll obviously conduct a thorough investigation, and if there was foul play involved, it will come to fruition. Um, but I think we've seen this time and time again where you see these players – in the limelight because of major contracts that they've signed or just controversy. And it's just a snowball effect, right? Like it's just one person after the other coming out of the woodworks with accusations, whether it be assault, uh, you know, physical and sexual, whether it be, you know, an altercation that occurred, a fight, a bar, whatever it is. So, you know, I think this is to be seen in terms of the investigation, but I, you know, we've seen it with Antonio Brown. We've seen it with, a plethora of people who've landed major deals. Antonio Brown is a bad comparison if you're in Deshaun Watson's camp. I understand that. What I'm saying is it's the snowball effect, right? Like he was on the front cover leaving the Raiders and going to New England, and then all of a sudden it was just a catastrophe. So uh, I, don't I know think about all of a sudden. I mean, but I, I see what I see what you're saying. Everyone knew that he was a fucking head case, but I'm talking about the headline stories that came into into the light. Yeah. All right. So if, ipso facto, everybody is back on on watch. The Patriots will be back, and this is Belichick's plan from the jump. Or you spend three hundred dollars and you end going up going to free agency with millions and millions of dollars to spend, and we throw that money. Still have go. still have Cam Newton, but I want to uh, I want to turn it over to Shakes to discuss this next topic, which I've jotted down, um, which is that Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy of the Chicago Bears should be fired after signing a one year deal worth ten million dollars. The Red Rocket himself, Andy Dalton. Hey, Andy. 
I want to get your thoughts on that and um, whether you agree or disagree that behind the scenes, the desks need to be changed up substantially in Chicago. <sighs> Well, I will say that I, I don't remember Andy Dalton being quite as bad as uh, everyone else does uh, when he was playing with the Bengals. I know that he wasn't a world beater, um, but I never thought that he was like a, like a truly just not a top 30 quarterback. So, um, you know, all in all, like, I think I'd rather have him on my team than Mitchell Trubisky. I think that's a long way of what I'm trying to say. Um, so, to be frank, I don't think everyone else feels that way. I think the 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 Bears um, odds actually went went down uh, according to Vegas after this signing. Uh, but to me, I still think he's more uh, game proven, um, more able to kind of uh, direct and carry an offense than uh, either of the Bears' two options last year, which was uh, uh, Trubisky and, as we've seen, regular season. Uh, QB one, Nick Foles is, is not a very impressive quarterback. So, uh, neither of those two guys were getting the job done. Also, what's, don't think for a second, we're not going to talk about the Titans here in a, here in a bit. Obviously. But what, what's crazy about this is that the bears go from being in the rumor mill with open discussions to land Russell Wilson. And yeah, then that hurts. And, and then finish up with Andy Dalton. So I, while I agree with you that he's not horrific and there are a lot worse quarterbacks that are in the league Andy Dalton compared to what could have potentially been Russell Wilson is pretty detrimental well um to kind of piggyback off what Tom was saying a bit earlier um first of all I I think teams love the idea of of not grabbing one of the two most talked about quarterbacks in this draft a.k.a. Uh, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. Um, I happen to love any team that, for instance, the Pats or the Bears, I think would be great candidates. Uh, they have lots of weapons, lots of lots of kind of trading power, obviously, on their teams, and probably, as far as the Patriots are concerned, been holding on to draft picks here for a while. Um, I think teams would love moving up inside the top 10 and grabbing Mac Jones. So, uh to be specific, two of the teams that I think would be perfect candidates for that would be both the Patriots and the Bears, especially after the Bears have missed out. Yeah, uh, you know, kind of some fake rumors, uh, more like more like smoke, not really fire uh, on the uh, on the Russell Wilson stuff. But still, I'm sure the Bears were trying to do every single thing that they could to get Russell Wilson signed long term on their team. Uh, obviously, they've missed out on that. And uh, Andy Dalton's nothing more than a bridge, but I think he's a pretty good one. So, I saw a, I saw a tweet that the Bears offered a ridiculous draft package with like five or six first round picks over the next four or five seasons, and like basically basically Seattle turning it down was a way for them to say that Russell Wilson is not for sale. I don't think it yeah. was through lack of of effort on the Bears front, and I don't think it's fair that they take the the brunt of this. It's just unfortunate that Plan B happened to be Andy Dalton. Right. Right. Well, so. You know, Let's piggyback off that in terms of Russell Wilson. You know, obviously it wasn't realistic that he was going to land in Chicago. I think it's been pretty clear for a while now that Seattle has has made it clear he's going nowhere, even though he's expressed wanting to leave. My question to you guys is, does this affect this upcoming season? With all of the drama that came with this offseason, not necessarily drama, but, you know, uh, Russell expressing not being satisfied in Seattle, wanting to leave, is that going to play a factor into this upcoming season? Uh, there's still a lot to be seen. First of all, uh, most of which is what happens with the 49ers and their quarterback situation. Uh, everyone knows that they're not exactly married to Garoppolo. I uh, feel like anything could happen there at any given time, especially with the Pats kind of uh, looking for a long-term solution at quarterback, you'd think, um, and the former marriage there. Uh, as well as with the draft. So you never know what's going to happen. And really, that's that's going to be – it's the 49ers are going to be the story about what happens out there, as obviously, along, along with the Seahawks. But, uh, you know, if things stay like they are, I still like the Seahawks to be divisional champs next year. I mean, you also have to take into account that they've just added a new target to the roster with tight end Gerald Everett. So, you know, 
doesn't hurt to have an additional set of hands out there for Russell Wilson to throw to. But I, I am curious to see how this affects just sort of the uh, the relationship between coach and quarterback and, and kind of team morale because, you know, I feel like Russell's been that centerpiece of Seattle for a very long time, and the fact that he's expressing wanting out isn't ever, you know, a really good sign in, sign in terms of, uh, you know, getting the team to – support you and be behind you <laughs> i mean yeah to that to that i'll say i uh i think more so than anything he wants someone to to listen to his demands more than he wants out and i'm sure at this point uh he's he's probably been heard um yeah as far as fo- that's a tough as far look. as football goes yeah i, I agree <clears throat> as far as football goes though i you know i think he's gonna be a gamer and uh he's cared more about fashion than football ever since he married sierra I, I was gonna say he 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 doesn't he doesn't have his demands met at work and he goes home and he doesn't have his demands met by his father. <laughs> Russ she Wilson is a dog, him. but you know at home, dude's the ultimate beta, and everybody knows it. <laughs> Oof, oh, that's big words, Tom well, Russell um, Wilson at Tom Wells. Let's piggyback off the earlier discussion of Patriots and Johnu Smith and kick it over to you to discuss the Titans. Um, is this a sore subject? Is this going to be yeah, a miss? What's up with the fire sale? Let's talk about it. Um, I don't know exactly how I feel yet about the Titans. Uh, it does feel like a bit of a fire sale. Obviously, they've gotten rid of a uh, few starters in the uh, in the defensive backfield. Kenny Vaccaro, uh, Malcolm Butler, to name a few. They also just cut uh, Adoree Jackson. Um, however, they have made some good moves, um, I think, to kind of shore up the defensive interior which I think says a lot about probably what their plans are for the draft, uh, meaning uh, especially after whiffing on Isaiah Wilson, probably everyone knows by now uh, that story, first-round draft pick on an offensive tackle last year. He played four downs, and he's now been traded to the Dolphins for a seventh-round pick. So I would say the Titans' priorities would be um, you know, drafting an offensive tackle and also shoring up the defensive backfield that they've, they've just completely let go. But uh, – their, their number one concern coming into the offseason was was pass rush. Uh, I think they've addressed that. Uh, they signed uh, divisional rival uh, interior lineman, I think, Danico Autry from the, uh, from the Colts. Uh, he had, I think, eight, nine sacks last year, uh, and he's going to pair up well beside big, big Jeffrey Simmons, who's already one of the big, you know, best uh, young defensive tackles in the league. And... Um, also got Bud Dupree from the Steelers, uh, you know, edge rusher uh, to, to kind of match up alongside uh, Harold Landry and then, you know, match those guys up with uh, Rashawn Evans there in the middle. And I think I think the defense is going to be fine. So it has definitely felt like a fire sale. They'll probably address that in the draft. And, uh, you know, for the most part, they've feels like they've improved up front on defense, which was the that's the main goal. Heard that. Well, it'll be interesting to see how everything pans out and furthermore how the draft results turn out um i think there is a story with uh specifically john robinson everyone everyone assuming that john robinson and mike vrabel are kind of like closet geniuses um coming out of the patriots organization you know that that story is almost overtold at this point with especially with john robinson and and almost equally there with mike vrabel but uh you know fair to point out at this point that uh I don't think there is a single first rounder that John Robinson has signed that is still on the team. Um, I could be wrong about that. Uh, maybe going back two years, uh, I'm probably wrong about that. But uh, you know, he's he's signed he, he signed um, Adoree Jackson in the first round, uh, Jack Conklin in the first round, um, Isaiah Wilson in the first round and Corey Davis in the first round, and none of those guys remain on the team. That's four, four draft picks in the, yeah. fir- in the last five years. Corey, Corey Davis to the Jets, I, I don't like that. I'm scared of that. I've, I don't know what it is with him, and I don't want to blame the Titans system, but when you run the ball you know, 70% of the time, it's hard for any one receiver to, to make a splash. Oh, yeah. So on, on that note, I'm actually super excited to see what Corey Davis can do um in new york despite being a division rival i am i can't wait to watch him two times a year 
Well, let's uh, go ahead and move on here to something that's more pressing and um, a little bit more exciting as it is just around the corner. We're talking less than 48 hours until tip-off. We got March Madness 2021. It is back. We're excited and fired up about it. And we've got some discussion topics here. Um, And I think instead of discussing first rounds, Tom, I think it would be best to just talk kind of combine that and uh, upset predictions. Talk about who we think could be, excuse me, who could be going out, bowing out early in the first round as uh, a high seed. I'm pulling up my bracket now. Um, yeah, I'm 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 up for whatever. I think uh, you know there's fucking 30 35 games on the yeah. next two days and I lot, don't have the attention discuss. span to sit here and talk through all of them. But right, I you know every, right. everybody's interested in those upsets. So, should we uh do you want to just start and you know pick a division? Yeah, let's kick it off with the West. Um I think obviously just because it's in the top left corner and it's <laughs> First thing that you see, it's how we read books. Um, let's, I don't, let's just I don't pick know a couple read, upsets. But. Yeah, grab a couple upsets and and pick who uh, you know who you like in the in the big matchup there in the elite eight. All right. Well, um, the first upset I have going is Ohio over Virginia, and I think everybody is going to be riding Virginia just because of the name, and they are technically the reigning champs. But Virginia hasn't practiced in over a week. They aren't even traveling until tomorrow to uh, Indianapolis or, you know, the the area the tournament's being held. And I think that's going to go a long way. And a team like Virginia that plays slow, controlled, they can't really afford to have an off night against a team like Ohio because Ohio can score. They love to push the pace. So it's a very good dichotomy of styles. And in the season of COVID... Like, this just screams upset. Um, none of the four seeds are all that strong, which is another point we'll get to in, later in the bracket. But overall, biggest upset, I like Ohio over Virginia. And ultimately, I mean, this is Gonzaga's bracket to lose. I don't think they're going to lose. I think they make a Final Four run. But coming out of the West, I have uh, Gonzaga and USC. Do not sleep on the Trojans. They have. So you have. Do you have USC beating Iowa? In the yes, I, I, I have USC over Iowa, and I have. Uh, yeah, obviously USC beating Kansas, and then beating Iowa to get to Gonzaga in the Elite Eight. So that's what I'm looking at. Um, Evan Mobley. If you don't know the name, you'll you will know the name. Guy's an absolute monster, and USC has the the paint control to contend with anybody so i i like usc and gonzaga out of there but ultimately like gonzaga is just on a different level shakes any anybody else have any ideas uh no i first of all i agree i also had the ohio upset over virginia for the same reason uh guys have been extremely and very recently impacted by covid so that was one that i highlighted for sure i also like gonzaga coming out but i did have a I did have Iowa uh, over um, USC there in that Sweet 16 game. And uh, who is it? Luke Garza. That's the Iowa guy. Yeah. Luke uh, Garza. Badass. I mean, he's leading yeah, the nation in scoring. Right. Um, but complete, my, complete my problem badass. with him is he's a huge pussy. He's the, the liter- quite literally, like, physically and metaphorically, the biggest pussy in college basketball. I think he's going to force that game. I, I like them meeting up with Gonzaga in the Elite Eight, and I think they're going to force that game late. But I just think Gonzaga's overall athleticism, they're, they're long, they're lean, and they're fast. Um, they, they're just a really big basketball team, so I do like them coming out of the West. Uh, also pivoting to the East, a uh, couple great teams um, in the East. First of all, obviously, the number one overall um seed coming out of the east michigan that's that's the first time happening since i think 1993 when they had the fab five there juan howard the current coach uh was on that team and he's led them kind of back to glory here so they're hoping to make a run however uh here's a savvy pick i like will wade javante javante smart uh and the lsu tigers let's go baby yes sir in round two 
So I think we, I think Michigan is going to have an early exit. Don't, <laughs> don't forget that uh, Michigan's point guard Livers is out indefinitely with injury. So, Correct. You know, like they're 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 floor general, and I think that's going to play a long way, especially against an LSU team that made a monster push in the SEC tournament, took yep. Bama to the wire, and like you said, Will Wade, basketball genius, and he is they a have a good basketball coach. As uh, as the boys say on the broadcast, they have great length and great athleticism, and I I love that pick. I think LSU is super underrated. Eight seed is disrespectful, and uh, in the round of 32, that's going to shine. I agree um, for a number of reasons. First of all, uh, feels like Javante Smart has been there at LSU under Will Wade's tutelage for uh, most of my life. Um, but as a Tennessee fan, and obviously, Tom, I'll take the Midwest bracket here coming up. Um, but as a Tennessee fan, seeing LSU pretty pretty um, early and often, um, they are just a tormenting basketball team. They're very good defensively because of their length, and they're also extremely smooth, controlled, and uh, share the basketball on offense. But uh, if, if you know teams like Tennessee, who like to, to kind of disrupt passing lanes, uh, are making it hard to pass. The good thing about LSU and another team coming up in this bracket is that they can play isolation basketball and beat you one-on-one, whether that's driving to the hoop or you know pulling up and, and taking a shot. So I think they're dangerous. I think Michigan's going to sleep on them, and I did like that uh, that upset. Uh, I think Colorado is a pretty strong team. That's who I have uh, LSU facing there in the Sweet 16. I actually have LSU winning that game too and going on to the Elite Eight. Um, and then coming out of this, uh, I think the, you know, the other big matchup uh, in this would be Texas. You know, assuming Texas and Alabama take care of business early on, and they see each other in the Sweet 16, that's going to be a huge game. Texas, obviously, um, you know, been strong all season long in a tough Big 12 alongside Baylor, uh, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, etc. And they've got the, the number three seed, and then Alabama, who I think is extremely dangerous, uh, is probably going to take this all the way and they'll be the ones facing Gonzaga in the final four. Um, yeah. And what are your guys thoughts on the South and Midwest for upsets? And then we'll, we'll discuss your uh, final four brackets. Uh, quickly. I just wanted to point out in the East, a uh, big game tomorrow night, Michigan state and UCLA. If Michigan state is able to win tomorrow night, uh, you can't sleep on Tom Izzo, especially drawing a BYU matchup the following uh, Saturday. Uh, Michigan state could make a run, but ultimately, yeah. I think Texas is going to take care of business. I think Bama has unfortunately already played their best basketball. And I have Texas coming out of the East uh, over LSU. Uh, In terms of the South, um, the Baylor Bears and everyone else, I think Baylor, even though they are the number two seed overall, have like hands down the easiest, easiest bracket. Um, In terms of upsets, I... I have a lot of chalk here. Actually, no. You know what? As a matter of fact, I don't. I have Winthrop over Nova, and I have North Texas over Purdue in the first round. Uh, Winthrop is an experienced team. They have five starting juniors, I believe. And as good and you know blue-blooded as Villanova is, uh, they don't have their best player in Colin Gillespie, I think. It's, I, some Italian motherfucker. Anyways, uh, they've been an absolute shit show since they lost him. And it's just a bad drawing for Nova. And I need I need to just speak my mind here on the Purdue Boilermakers. I have they have no business being a four seed. It's a uh, congratulations. You hung around in the Big Ten. Here's here's your gift. But a four seed for Purdue is absolutely outrageous. They have some big wins, but they also have losses to Miami, Clemson, and Minnesota. And several close games to teams that weren't even good enough to get an invite to the NIT. Uh, Purdue runs basically through their big man, who I'm I'm blanking on. But if you watch the game, he's the one that looks like a linebacker playing forward. But North Texas plays great defense, and you give them a week to prepare, and bas- basically force Purdue Purdue supporting cast to beat them. I think North Texas makes a little stir here. Um, ultimately, aside from those two picks, it's pretty chalky. I have Texas Tech making a run and ultimately upsetting Baylor in the Elite Eight for the sole fact that Baylor and Texas Tech have played three times this year, and Texas Tech has gotten their ass kicked every time. But as we all know, 
It's tough to beat a team four times. So Baylor, smooth sailing until the Elite Eight, where Texas Tech takes them down and advances to the Final Four. Uh, so mid- let me let me ask you this quickly: What about Arkansas pursuing or uh, taking down Texas Tech? Thoughts on um, that? It's it's possible. Texas Tech's biggest issue is offensive consistency, but I I feel like Arkansas kind of has a, a weird rep playing in the SEC. and They're, like, on paper, they're the best three seed, but I don't, I don't know. I just I, – I don't trust Arkansas. Um, they should blow out Colgate by all means, but they're, they're like Bama, but a little just less disciplined. And Texas Tech is, you know, a proven team, and it comes down to coaching. Chris Beard is another, you know, staple in the NCAA coaching carousel. And so – you know, Texas Tech actually has a tough game against Utah State, but I think they take care of business. And frankly, I think they're underrated as a six seed. So, yeah, Arkansas does pose a threat. They've been good all year. But ultimately, I, I think coaching is going to be what uh, puts Texas Tech above Arkansas in my bracket. All righty. Um, Shakes, I'll kick it over to you. I, I heard you starting off with the Midwest. What do you got for us? Uh, so what do I got is, uh, Illinois is peaking at the right time. Um, however, I also think, uh, an exciting matchup that, uh, that could lead to a, to one of the bigger upsets in the entire tournament is on down the road in the sweet 16. I do like, uh, Illinois and Oklahoma state and Oklahoma state is another team that's peaking at the right time. Uh, so really don't know which way that one's going to go, but I do know that could be one of the better matchups of the tournament. And obviously could flip the whole thing on its head with the four seed kind of slipping into the, the final balls, four there. Huh? I am uh, only because I'm only because I'm being uh, being realistic here. I do like Tennessee uh, easily taking care of Oregon State. Uh, I think that opened at like six and a half or something. Uh, but yeah, like I said, Oklahoma State just kind of peaking at the right time. I think they have players uh, that match up well against Tennessee, uh, which is one of the reasons uh, that I like them. I also think. Uh, they have the ability to to run up the score a little bit, and Tennessee's biggest um, Achilles' heel is just offensive uh, consistency. So if it goes, I like I like Tennessee in any defensive game, uh, but if it gets to if it turns to an offensive game, I think Oklahoma State has the advantage there, and they have the length to play defense too. So, anyways, I do have, kind of have them slipping on past Tennessee. I love that Illinois Oklahoma State matchup. In fact, I pick Oklahoma State to to get the upset there. And uh, I have them facing Houston down on the other side. So I don't really have any big upsets in this bracket. I do uh, I do like Syracuse taking down San Diego State in the first round. You know, Jim Beheim, um, uh, you know, a staple of uh, the NCAA tournament in his own right. Uh, West Virginia, I think, going to slip on down. Correct me if but, I'm wrong. Uh, Syracuse is pretty banged up right now uh, with COVID. Is that correct? Uh, they've had they've had issues in the season. I don't know uh, what's what's happening with them right now. I thought something I had seen recently uh, or was reading said that they had a couple of individuals that had come down with COVID, but it could have been another team. Who knows? Um, <clears throat> but piggybacking off what you said, I actually have West Virginia running all the way to the Elite Eight facing Illinois. I think, um, you know, with the little college basketball that I've watched this year, um, I've always been entertained by West Virginia. And I think if you look at their Huggy schedule, Bear. what'd you say? Big Huggy Bear, that's yeah. their coach's nickname. Yeah, I mean, you know, I just I look at their schedule. Um, you know, I know you like Syracuse coming out of the gate, but I don't really see West Virginia having an issue with Syracuse. And, you know, while I think a lot of people have Houston going on to face Illinois in this Elite Eight uh, matchup, I think that West Virginia is going to be able to get it done. It's just that fucking West Virginia grit, son. I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, I, I, I've been back and forth on that too. Shakes, I think we have verbatim the same Midwest bracket. Um, I also have Oklahoma State taking down Illinois and a Houston-Oklahoma State mat- matchup in the Elite Eight. And I think Houston is, I don't know if slept on is the right word, um, but th- Houston is one of the best teams in college basketball, in my opinion. And, you know, saying that, they're probably going to lose to fucking Cleveland State. 
But I think Houston is like top to bottom, one of the most well-rounded teams. Um, conference aside, they come with intensity. They bring it on both sides of the court, and they just they match up well with just about everybody. Um, what? Are, oh, I did want to say, I, even though I have the Oklahoma State uh, run to the Elite Eight here, I am so scared of this opening game against Liberty. Uh, we were talking a little bit about it before we got on, and if you want to sprinkle a little upset here, uh, Liberty could be the dark, dark horse that everyone's kind of overlooking just because of the Cade Cunningham show at Oklahoma State. Uh, Liberty is like UVA in the sense where they they play slow, they play great defense, which is exactly how you're going to want to combat the high-paced offense of Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State doesn't play great defense, and Liberty can shoot the fucking lights out. And... Over the last three years, Gonzaga leads the country with in total wins. Liberty is number two with 89 wins. So this is a team that knows how to win, do it consistently. Do they have enough? I don't know, but they scare the hell out of me in the Midwest. All right, well, so let's move on and talk about your guys' final four. Um, I'll go ahead and spit mine because you guys have broken down the bracket very nicely. And um, I'll let you either dissect or congratulate me, and then I'll hear you guys out. So I've got Gonzaga facing Alabama, and I've got Baylor facing Illinois. A lot of chalk, my man. A lot of, A lot chalk. of chalk. I, I know. I know that you had your doubts about Baylor, but um, I don't know. Just looking at that South bracket all the way down to Arkansas, or I mean, I have Arkansas, you know, upsetting those Ohio State. Uh, going to the Elite Eight, but I don't know. That's no, that's mean, what I've got right now, and it's contingent to change. I, I I think it's fair, especially you know we we're saying all of these you know could be crazy because of COVID. Uh, you know when when push comes to shove, it could go you know the opposite side of the coin here, where you know talent is just going to shine, and those top seeds are going to just dominate. So it's it's not a you know, crazy to think because clearly those are, you know, three or four of the best teams right now in call troops. So I don't hate it, but um, I also have Gonzaga, Texas out of the East, Houston, and Texas Tech with a Gonzaga Houston championship ultimately wow. won by Gonzaga. All right. I think it's, I think it's their time. Uh, it would be so fitting for Gonzaga just to, Never to win, never to win, and then oh, COVID! Now Gonzaga wins. Like the storyline there just kind of tells itself, where Gonzaga finally gets their championship, undefeated season, and there's an asterisk because of COVID. So that's how I'm seeing it. And like you said, subject to change all the way up until tip off. Yeah, subject. I say contingent. That was yeah, same thing. A, a I took y'all's picks. I took y'all's picks and made the perfect pick. I have Gonzaga and Alabama um, with Baylor and Houston on the opposite side. So a lot of chalk there as well, the ones and twos. Um, I have uh, actually have Gonzaga facing Houston in the big game, and I have Houston taking the trophy. So still not the year for the Zags. Oh, you heard it here first. Man, can All you imagine right. if Shakes right. is the reason they don't win? Um, All right. I'd also I'd also like to um, just disclaimer. I took uh, Texas Tech thirty three to one before the season started to win the championship. So my picks may be a little biased. Uh, I might be overreaching with the Baylor upset, but like I said, four 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 times playing a team hard to beat a team four times, and uh, yeah, I could use that thirty three hundred bucks. So go Red Raiders. Go Red Raiders. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up for March Madness. We will keep you all posted all the way up till tip-off. Um, but we can close things out here with some buzzer beaters. So, Tom, why don't you close us out here? Uh, quick shout-out to Masters champion Justin Thomas. Uh, coming off a monster win, holding off the likes of Bryson DeChambeau and the timeless Lee Westwood. Just a great tournament. Matt, uh, the players is, you know, one of the most exciting ones to watch. Giant field, best field in golf. And uh, I'm a little pissed because I want I, I wanted to pick them for the Masters, which is three weeks out. So set your, set your calendars for that. 
And now I'm a little concerned that A, his number for the Masters is going to be super deflated because he just won. And B, it's it's hard to win the players and the, the Masters in the same year. I don't know. If I had to guess, the last time it was done was probably Tiger Woods or Jordan Spieth, actually. I don't know if Jordan won the players or not, actually. Don't don't fact check me on Jordan Spieth. Feel pretty confident that Tiger did it. So um, it would be cool to see him win because I saw that uh, he's tied with like Tiger for the most wins under age like 28 or something. There, there's some weird factoid that he's related to Tiger in that sense. So uh, he's related to him. Statistically, he was. <laughs> You know, doing putting up Tiger apparently numbers. J, apparently, JT was down here in Florida recently with Tiger Woods' son. Like, took him out on the course while Tiger was in the hospital. That's that's pretty cool. I don't know how much truth there is to it, but, you know, Southern Florida rumor life, you know? Um, all right, well, hey, it was great being with you guys. And uh, as always, it's a pleasure. Thank you all for joining us. If you're not already, make sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram. We'll make sure to keep you educated and entertained. Additionally, you need to go and subscribe on all platforms, iTunes and Spotify, etc., 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 so that you guys can stay up to date on our weekly released episodes. And Tom's got one more thing. Also, I'd like to add there's still time if you want to join our March Madness survivor right. pool. DM us. If you know us personally, text us. Get in touch with me because it's a winner-take-all Pot's sitting at about $1,200 right now, and that's Ooh. only going to go up as more entries come in. Heard Get them in before Friday. Holla at your boy. Holla at your boy. You heard it here. Make sure to check it out. And to play us out, are you done mucking chow? What are you mucking yeah. out there? Uh, trail mix, man. Oh, man. I like, uh, like trail mix. Like a, like a little squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well... Why don't you kick us off with, uh, or not kick us off, play us out, I should say, with some music history, kid. Um, I don't really have any music history, but we did just have the Grammys this week, obviously. I don't know if anyone, um, you know, watched that, if you tuned in. I tuned in for a quick second. and For Megan the Stallion's performance? Not for that. Uh, <laughs> basically, the entire she, reason She's I a bad in, bitch. Is she? I've literally yeah. never seen her. She's I, I had yeah. either until I watched the Grammys. Yeah, Go check it out. She's bad. She's bad with two D's. She's bad. Two double D's. Well, speaking of bad, badass, uh, there was a band on there called the Black Pumas. Um, they had a pretty cool story of their own. I think they were up for best new artist or best performance of something, something, something. Uh, basically, five years ago, uh, you know, there's a, there's a guitarist, a singer who's busking on the streets of San Francisco. He moves to Austin, Texas, and he's basically singing on the sidewalk, you know, for money. Um, guy walks up. Uh, the guy himself is a guitarist, a session player in Austin, Texas, and um, is working on making a new album. And he's looking for someone to sing on his album, you know, some songs that he's written. And these guys pair up. And basically, um, the lead performer of this band, the Black Pumas, uh, goes from five years ago singing on sidewalks to now performing at the Grammys uh, and also they make some pretty fucking awesome music so um, just figured I would share them on here uh, this is called Colors by the Black Pumas um, pretty sick band that's it, we out I woke up to the morning sky first baby blue just like we when I get up off this ground, I shake leaves back down to the brown, 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 till I'm clean. Then I walk, I'll be shaded by the trees, by a meadow of green, for about a mile. I'm headed to town, town, town. With all my favorite colors Yes, sir All my favorite colors My sisters and my brothers See them like no
Oh, my favorite car. 